right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. And we are closing in, um, going through my list of verses in Proverbs. Um, Let's see. Which way did Brother Franz go? Um, Do you want to help up here or however you want to do that? Uh, Proverbs chapter 11, we're closing in on the book of Proverbs, and uh, I've just got scattered little passages of verses that we have not covered uh, through the book, and one of the uh, most glaring of those is Proverbs chapter 11, where we stopped going verse by verse. I think we've got about four verses in this entire chapter that we've covered so far. And uh, so what we're going to try to do is uh, we're mopping up at this point. Uh, we've been using different topics and, and uh, really Proverbs 11, I think we can pretty much go through uh, this chapter, which is what we're going to try to do tonight. Uh, we've already dealt with verses 1 and 2, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but the just weight is his delight. And then verse 2, when pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Verse 3 is where I want to start tonight. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perisheth. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. And we'll stop reading right there. In verse 3, there is one of those just special words that comes up every so often, not used much in the Bible, uh, certainly a word that has very little meaning in our society today, and that's a word integrity. Uh, uh, I mean, Tuesday's elections, if you are a citizen of the United States uh, and registered to vote, Uh, You ought to vote. If you're a citizen and you're not registered to vote, uh, the only thing I can say is shame on you. Uh, You ought to have that and and take that responsibility very seriously. But when it comes to American politics and integrity, I mean, we we could actually put them in one of those little children's games. Name the opposite. Integrity. Politicians, right? Right. uh, the the word itself has an interesting meaning, one that kind of uh, uh, eludes us. Normally when we think of integrity, we're talking about a person of good character, uh, a person of honesty and, and pure character. Uh, the Oxford English Dictionary as well as the, the Greek lexicon gives us this basic definition. I'll read from the Oxford English Dictionary. The condition of having no part or element taken away or wanting, undivided or unbroken state, material wholeness, completeness, entirety. 
Now, when you talk about a person who has integrity, you're talking about a person that is completely perfect in, in their life, not, not to the uh, thing of sinless perfection. That's not what we're talking about, but we're talking about someone who can uh, be examined and their life would be something that would be solid, be the way it ought to be. You know, and the Bible says the integrity of the upright shall guide them. How many times, and I'm, I'm using that phrase too much, but the simple thing is we, we live our life, and as we live our life, decisions are made for us. And when we get into trouble is when we stop and we remake decisions for ourselves. It ought to be pretty much automatic. That's what integrity is. It's, it's being able to operate under the influence of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. If you're complete, if you have given your entire life to the Lord Jesus Christ, so many of your life's decisions will just be made for you. You know, I remember warning Peter and trying to help him as he was in the search for a wife. And I said, son, there's, there's not going to be a long line standing there and you just get to walk through and choose. I said, the Lord is going to have to bring that person into your life. And you know what? When you're serving the Lord... People say, how did you meet my, your wife? Well, we met serving the Lord. She was serving in the ministry under her father. I was serving in the ministry under Brother Clayton. And praise the Lord, Brother Clayton and Brother Marshall were good friends. Amen. Even after we got married, they were still good friends. And so the idea here is the integrity of the upright shall guide them. That's why God does not have to write out an entire blueprint giving you every little decision in your life if you will give yourself to holy serving the Lord, to integrity, God will make decisions for you. But what's the rest of that verse? The perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Sin is self-destructive. I mean, you don't have to wonder why Adolf Hitler got married the last few hours of his life and then they both killed themselves. They were evil. And evil destroys the people who perpetrate it. I mean, just study the history. The Bible says in Proverbs 19, we'll just get these few verses, then we'll get back to Proverbs 11. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. You want the key to raising children? Holy serve the Lord. You know what? You're going to make mistakes. Uh, you're going to sin. You're going to do things that are wrong as a human being. But I'll tell you, if you will walk in integrity, 
completely, wholly serving the Lord with every part, it says here that your children are going to be blessed. We've, my wife and I have made a study of this ever since we've been married. We've been just watching and learning and trying because when uh, uh, we got married and still to this day, the number of preacher's children that don't serve the Lord is incredible. And said, why is it that way? Well, it comes down to this. If you're not completely serving the Lord, your children aren't going to serve the Lord. Even though you're fulfilling the office of a pastor, even though you're doing things right, if you're not completely sold out, if, you're, if your life isn't about serving God, if it's about something else, it, it's going to show up in your children. And what's true of the preacher is true of the members. And so we, we've got to get a hold of this word integrity. And there's only one way you get integrity. And that's complete surrender to the Lord. It's, that's what the word means. No part wanting. Everything. Walk in integrity. We're going to get into some comparisons here in the next few verses. You see, integrity is the key. Because riches profit not in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. You see, it's, it's building on this. These verses are actually connected in a, in a certain way. The integrity of the upright is going to guide them, the perverseness of transgressors. It doesn't matter if you have money, because in the day of wrath, it's not going to save you. But righteousness delivereth from death. That's something you want. Look at the next one. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. It's righteousness, not riches. If you have integrity, you're going to have direction. You're going to have the knowledge of God's will. He's going to show you what he wants you to do. But how many times have you heard about stories of the skeletons in the closet and what you do is going to come around and all of that is contained in the second half of this proverb. It says, the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. The things that you do, trying to get ahead and trying to uh, do all of the things that need to be done so that you can have what you want is going to come back and it's going to get you. And so let's stick with righteousness, amen? The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. I mean, we just finished, a, we're finishing a, an election season that has been one of the um, most sordid in New York history. And I read this verse, and it says, The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. Uh, I think about some of the guys who were running for political office. They, they were taken in their own naughtiness. And that's a good word. 
Uh, it is much more severe in the Bible than it is in modern English. Naughtiness, it means evil doing. And uh, it's not just I was a bad boy kind of thing. It, it, it says the, the wicked, the transgressors are going to be taken in their own naughtiness. Verse 7, when a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perish. The righteousness is delivered, the righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. Again, wickedness is self-destructive. It is going to take you down, but the righteous is delivered out of trouble, and guess who takes his place? There's still there's plenty of wicked people. And you say, when are they going to get theirs? Why does it always look like the wicked win? Hey, I read the last chapter. They don't win. You'd better watch out. It's a sad thing when people of Christ, when people who serve Christ are lined up with the transgressors. But God will judge his own people. And we, we've got to pray. And you say, How, but I still do wrong in all of this. Well, listen. Keep your account short with the Lord. Walk with him and he will bring you into the way. It says here in verse 9, An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. Well, I'll tell you what, that's an awful thing when people lie about you. When people just come up and try to be your friend for the cause of destroying. That's what it's talking about, a hypocrite here. He's, he's feigning himself to be your friend, but all he's doing is trying to get information to destroy you. The world's full of people like this. It says, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Do you think that could go back to verse 3? The integrity of the upright shall guide them? I, I think it does. And then we go to take a little different scope in the next few verses here. It says, When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. But when the wicked, and when the wicked perish, there is shouting. You want to be a blessing. I don't know about uh, completely. I know Brother Newberger has a burden for New York City, and he's come here, and we had a burden. I remember before we started our church, uh, uh, I just... Uh, begin to pray and really burden about what what could happen uh, what would be the thing that would be the greatest blessing to New York City and, and the greatest change that could possibly happen you know what it is did you read verse 10 when it goeth well with the righteous the city rejoiceth if you want good be righteous Serve God. When the wicked perish, there's shouting. Look at verse 11. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Get ready. Now we come verses 12 uh, down through... uh, uh, Verse 14, we're going to have some comparisons here of just what happens, and let's just look through these. He that is void of understand, void of wisdom, I'm sorry, despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. 
have you ever heard somebody just saying, can't believe those people over there. They're just rotten, dirty people. They're no good. They're not helping our neighborhood. They're not doing this. There. You ever heard anybody like that? The Bible says that a person who does that is void of wisdom. You don't need to despise other people to feel better about yourself. But that's something that the world uses all the time. I wish I had a dollar for every person to come in and say, now listen, you have to understand, you are a sinner under, under God's judgment because you've broken his law. But I'm not as bad as... Boy, I mean it every time. Hey, don't despise your neighbor. But a man of understanding, what's it say? He's not out there condemning everybody. I remember a guy, a preacher, was telling this story. He was a radio preacher, not a real preacher. Um, One of those counselor guys. And he'd written all these books on raising children. He wasn't even married yet. And so he had all these guidelines for raising godly children and how to have a godly family. And then he got married. And he changed the name of all of his books to Suggestions. Then he got a couple of teenagers and he decided to throw them away. Amen? Uh, I'll tell you what. You've got to get a hold of the Word of God before you try to tell everybody else what to do. Amen? Uh, I mean, it's just the simple truth of the matter. And, and of course, he told the story on himself much better. And, and, you know, I think it came to frivolous suggestions about how you might want to do something right with your family. But it's just foolishness when we get past the Word of God. It's easy to look at someone and say, Wow, what a mess. I'll never be like that. Oh, you just wait. That is a person void of understanding. What's it say here? But a man, void of wisdom, I'm sorry, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. A talebearer revealeth secrets. Oh, you just got to know this. Uh, I, I just found this out. You know, I, I used to listen to the some of those. Um, was one guy especially uh, late night radio and he would talk about all of the secrets and the reasons why uh, everything was happening all over the world. You know what I found out? He's wrong about everything. I mean, he, not everything, but most of it. It says, he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Are, are you getting the idea here? A A person that is void of wisdom is talking down other people. A talebearer revealeth secrets. Verse 14, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. You know what that's saying? If you keep this shut, you're going to get an awful lot further down the road. Uh, We haven't got there, but the last verse of Proverbs 17 says, Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. Uh, 
you know, these, these are proverbs in here for our direction. If you're going to get ahead serving God, learn to be quiet. It doesn't matter if they don't get punished for what they did wrong. God's going to straighten out all the things. And we don't understand near as much as we think we do. Verse 15, he that is surety. We covered this verse. For a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth suretyship is is sure. Don't guarantee people you know nothing about. A stranger was a person not of Israel. This is echoed in the Bible in the New Testament about not having a concord with Belial, uh, not having an agreement, not marrying an unsaved person. Now, sometimes people will get married and then one of them will get saved. That's not what the Bible's talking about. What the Bible's talking about is a saved person trying to serve God marrying an unsaved person. It's just going to be trouble. There is no way you're going to get past it. It is going to be trouble. And entering a business with an unsaved person, guess what? You're going to get in trouble. You're, going to, you're under a contract. They have a different way. That's what this surety ship is all about. Look at verse 16. Two things that you want. If you're a woman, a gracious woman retaineth honor. And strong men retain riches. You know that word gracious there. What that's talking about is full of grace. Having an excellent character. You want to be protected in this world, ladies. It's not that you can compete with men and win. I'll tell you what. If there was ever a real competition between men and women, men, just pack it up. We lose. But if you want protection, ladies, in this wicked world, it's not going to be from being able to compete and defeat men. It's going to come from being gracious and godly. That's where the protection is. Men... It says we've got to be strong. Now, that's not talking about just looking for somebody to pick a fight with. That's not strong. Strong means to have strength. It's being able to stand up against the forces that are in this world. Now, I'll tell you, the riches that the Bible's talking about is not only physical riches. I'll tell you what, we need some strong men that are going to keep the riches of their children. Amen? And not give them to the world. Not have them grow up and want to go away from the things of righteousness. You've got to be strong in the Lord to direct that family and those children in the right way. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul. But he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. Do you get that? Now, when I'm a merciful man, to whom am I giving mercy? Someone else. That's something that goes out. But as I 
Get mercy. And by the way, where's the only place you can truly get mercy? From God. As I go to God to get mercy so that I can give it to someone else, that is being merciful. It's passing on mercy. Guess who benefits? I do. But the man who is cruel, he's hurting other people out there. But who's he hurting the most? Oh, let's go back to the beginning of this chapter with all of the things that wickedness is self-destructive. He is destroying his own self. You ever heard the phrase, give a man enough rope and he'll hang himself? I mean, we use that a lot. Where does that come from? Uh, Right here. The cruel troubleth his own flesh. Get out of the way. Someone's being cruel to you. You're not going to solve the problem by being cruel back to them. They're destroying their own selves. Just get out of the way. It's not going to be long. Maybe it'll be this lifetime, but it certainly won't be in the next. You'd better make sure you're the person dealing in mercy. Amen. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. You ever wonder why you have all these ads, you know, the work from home and make $50,000 a week, you know. You know what those things are? They are scams to steal what little money you have. That's what they are. The wicked worketh a deceitful work. But what does it say? He that soweth in righteousness shall be a sure reward. Do you want to come out? You just keep doing what's right. There is a sure reward. You know who is most deceived by the deceitful work? The person that does it. I mean, Bernie Madoff is doing really well right now, isn't he? If you like prison food. Man, how, would you, how would you like to go from living on billions of dollars of other people's money, the living greater and higher than the kings, to being locked down in a prison? Somebody said, oh, it's a federal prison, it's a country club. Uh, I'll take my little apartment over his any day of the week. Amen? Who was the most deceived man in the whole thing? Uh, Bernie Madoff. And he's the one that is paying the price. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. Do we need to expand spend any time on that verse, all of a sudden it's very clear what that's talking about. If you pursue righteousness, it as righteousness tendeth to life. So he that pursueth evil, pursueth it to his own death. They that are of a froward heart are an abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. Froward is, is that word It means perverse. It means a heart that is making its own decisions. Why does the world always talk about follow your heart? 
because the world is in abomination with the Lord. Don't follow your heart. And several years ago, this American Girl thing, they've been writing all of these wonderful little novels and books and dolls and and not all of it's evil, but they came out with a program, Follow Your Inner Star. You know, that's code words for Indian mysticism. Hook up with your demon guide who will take you through life. That's exactly what it's talking about. Now, that doesn't mean an every American girl doll is evil and all of that. But what I'm telling you is, We've got to understand that the world wants us to follow its heart, but that's an abomination. But such as are upright in their way are his delight. Look at verse 21. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Get that. The wicked want to join up with the righteous. They always have. Now we have the righteous wanting to join with the wicked. But God is smart enough to sort this thing out. And they're not going to escape punishment. The wicked are going to be judged. But the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Verse 22. This may help you men a little bit. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. When you see one of those fancy prancy little things dancing down the street, the Bible says it's just like taking a gold ring and putting it in a pig's nose. Now, how many of you know why they put rings in pig's noses? A couple do. Because a pig digs with its nose. There is not a fence made that a pig won't dig under. And when the pig gets out, it runs around. And when it runs around, it does really bad things to everything it runs around. And the more the pig runs, the thinner it gets. You want a nice fat pig. You want it in the pen uh, is where the pig ought to be. So they put a brass ring in the pig's nose so that when he digs it pulls on the ring and it keeps him from digging with his nose but what kind of foolish person would take a gold ring worth thousands of dollars and stick it in a pig's nose Uh, perspective just because there's beauty on the outside doesn't mean there's beauty on the inside And this verse was written to Jewish men. Uh, They did not enjoy bacon and ham and uh, centerloin pork chops and all those wonderful things that we get to enjoy. But uh, the pig was an abomination. And that's what we need to understand. I tell you, the whole world is searching for love that lasts. And when it's built, uh, when it's built on, ooh, wow, I like what I see. Hey, that's not love, and it's not going to last. It's like putting a gold ring in a pig's nose. That's what the verse there says. 
We've got just a few minutes. I think we might even finish this chapter here. The next little section here in verse 23 through 26, it says, The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is that scattereth and yet increases, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but attendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, people shall curse him, but the blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. Now these verses are all kind of together here. The desire of the righteous is only good. Okay, the righteous person desires what is good. Righteousness makes you desire good. Get righteousness in your life. You will like what is good. Take righteousness out of your life. You will like what is evil. It says, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. Now, these next verses may be just a little confusing, but when it's talking about scattering here, the idea is he that takes a seed out into the field and scatters it in the field is going to get a crop. But... He that withholdeth more than his meat, he's saving up for the rainy day. He's going to keep his grain. You know what? It tendeth to poverty because the seed doesn't keep forever. The seed will sprout and spoil in the bin. You've got to get it out there and you've got to plant it. You've got to put it to work. This idea of just saving has never helped anybody. It's giving. It makes the difference. That's what this verse is talking about. The next one says, The liberal soul shall be made fat. And it's not talking about your political persuasion right there. Liberal means generous. The liberal party has uh, stolen a great word. The word liberal means generous. It's a person who gives. And... It says here, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. If you give of yourself to others, others are going to take care of you. How many stories could we give? I think of the story of your cousin, Miss Frida. We were here being faithful, and God had a missionary over there that led her to the Lord just before she passed away. Isn't God good? You water here, God's going to water you. He's going to take care of it. It's not all, not everything's going to work out. It's not in, it's not a God, I'll give you, you give me agreement here. It's you give willingly to the Lord and the Lord is going to make sure that you have what you need. He that withholdeth corn, he that is miserly and stores it up and doesn't give to anybody, But the person that opens the barn and sells what he has, the people are going to bless him. Now we got five more verses here. And it says, He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come to him. If you're seeking good, people are going to respect you. If you're constantly seeking to 
prank somebody or hurt somebody or embarrass somebody, guess what? It's going to come back at you. It's what the Bible says here. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be servant to the wise in heart. The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Do you think that's two ways of saying the same thing? Jesus said he wanted us to bear fruit. What is that fruit, souls? The, right, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. You know, God is going to bless you for living righteously. But he's going to judge the wicked for living wickedly. He's going to judge them much more then he's going to bless the right. That's what it says. If you want to know what hell is all about, it's right here in this verse. God is going to judge sin because the only reason a person goes to hell is because they've rejected the righteousness of God. And so, I hope you'll be able to retain some of those things where just, like I said, This is mop-up duty. We've got about probably eight or ten more times in the book of Proverbs, and we will have covered every verse in the book of Proverbs. And uh, I, I pray and hope that you'll put these things in your mind and I know it's the end of the year. I know you messed up, didn't keep up. But get it out and start today. You can still get through the book of Proverbs twice by the end of the year. And as you read these verses, pray that the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance what we've studied here. And all of a sudden, the book of Proverbs will come alive. And you will find things to live every day. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we ask that you would embed in our hearts and minds a true understanding of these Proverbs. and Lord, that we would not limit our understanding to just the things that we've covered here tonight. But Lord, we would let the Holy Spirit guide us and expand our understanding of your word. That you would give us that direction we need to live for you each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, if you can just keep your head back.